Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome to the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler, of course, national senior writer for Yahoo Sports and a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. Therese, we got some stuff to talk about tonight. We sure do, Bink, and I can't wait, man. I'm excited. Glad to be back with you, my man. Let's do it. You know what? I'm excited about it, too. And, uh, you know, that was uh, that was fun last night. You know, it was one of those moments where you just, I heard you call it a mortal lock that Mahomes is going to get that drive done. I felt the same way. There was no sweat or or perspiration coming from me. I've read the book. I've seen the movie. I expected it to happen. Yeah, and if you watch him every week, though, that doesn't mean it's less fun to watch. No. Um, You know, he's done that, which is delivering the clutch so many times at a crazy pace. You kind of have to expect it. Um, And that's saying a lot because he's still just a really young guy. But I'll tell you, that last drive sure was fun to watch. Uh, anyway, though, wasn't it? Even if we knew it was happening. Well, we did, and I was surprised too, Therese. ESPN Stats and Info put it out after the game. That's the first time he's ever done that, a game-winning touchdown within two minutes of a game. Because I guess he does yeah, it with like 203 or 205. I guess he already he has six comeback wins, but he just gets the right. job done early. And the defense does close things out. I mean, you know, they might bend, but they do have the knack of stopping a team at the very end. Yeah, and that's the thing that's crazy. Like, I saw that stat, and I'm like, how can that be true? Yeah. Because I'm used to him, like, delivering. Like, that we know, as men who've watched this team every week, like, we know there have been multiple times late in the game this guy's delivered in the clutch. So he must have just been doing it earlier than necessary, you know? Because <laughs> um, it's very few times he's even been in that situation where it's that late, I guess. But, like, I think if we could get the stats from, like, down X amount – with six minutes left, like I'm, I'm sure that might change the equation, you know? Here's the one thing about it, too, Therese, that, that we saw last night with Mahomes. Now, I was excited to see it because I've been waiting for that. And to be honest with you, I wanted to see it the last Raiders game. Remember at the very end, uh, John Gruden went for it on fourth and one at the 45? Yeah. We said to myself, uh, we talked about it, like, all right, John Gruden is going to kind of lay the blueprint, so to speak, of you got to score touchdowns. You got to keep the ball. You cannot put it in Patrick Mahomes' hands. That was like the ultimate amount of respect, I thought, there because he wasn't putting the game in the hands of his defense. And then last night, I don't know if you watched it or not, but I've been watching it more and more lately. And that's where you see the reaction of the other team. 
There was a mm. little bit of celebrating with Jason Witten scoring. But that coaching staff, Derek Carr, and a lot of people on that sideline, yes, Jason Witten was celebrating everything else. Yeah, but a lot of people are like, there's a minute 43 on the clock. Yeah, I, I love looking at body language. So I look at it all the time. Um, so much so that in that Ravens loss uh, to the Titans, I saw some body language that wasn't quite crazy about from some of their more intense players, I would say. Um, so, no, I look at body language and. Yeah, I mean, these guys know that that's entirely too much time for Mahomes, right? Um, and you're going to need a little bit of luck to stop the Chiefs in that type of situation. And I, I mean, generally, though, like if you look at that drive, like the Raiders, like last drive leading up to it, like I thought they did like a pretty good job. Like, you know, it wasn't like a quick strike. They had to matriculate the ball down the field and it. You know, they had to eventually get in the end zone, but I felt like they did a nice job kind of converting first downs and, um, you know, just kind of taking as much time as they could. And then they just kind of got screwed over by giving Mahomes too much time. And that's the problem with facing a team with a transcendent quarterback. Well, Trez, we've talked about it this year, you know, with Todd Gurley. You know, he scored the touchdown instead of going down. Uh, the Indiana-Penn State game scored the touchdown. I'm curious at the end of games if teams will be like, all right, go ahead and score Mahomes. Like, they let him score like a minute and a half left in a game just so they get the ball back because they know what he's going to do. I think there's going to be some situations where you actually start seeing that. I don't think that would have been, you know, like I, I don't think that's something they could have done last no. night, right? But, but I do think there's definitely a situation where depending on who you, they have at quarterback and how much time is left, if Mahomes is in like position to score, it does make sense to kind of just let him go. So I do think I do think he will earn that respect, um, and that teams are totally conscious of like what he can do in a very short amount of time at this point. And it's one thing too, you know, Chiefs fans maybe pinch themselves a little bit. What it reminds me of, Therese, is growing up and watching John Elway do this to the Chiefs. Yes, like there was always yes. this disdain I had, thinking, all right, the Broncos going to be good because of John Elway. He's not going anywhere. And we've seen this guy cut our hearts out at the end of the game and saw yep. him do it to the Browns. And that's what the Raiders fans have to be thinking of Broncos and Chargers is maybe Mahomes is the Elway that I grew up with. Yeah, and I, I think I've been saying that for a year now. Like, he looks like Elway, you know. Um, and that's a fun thing for the Chiefs, <laughs> for Chiefs fans. It's like we have to deal with this Elway guy for 15 years, you know. Uh, and now it's – you know, the shoes on the other foot. The Broncos are going to have to deal with this Mahomes guy that looks just like their former hero. Um, the difference is that Mahomes has already got his ring, so there's no real limit on how many he can get as long as he can stay healthy. But, like, just the way he runs, maybe like the barrel-chested gait as he as he's running away and the ability to throw on the run and get away from people in the cannon, right? It's just – it looks a lot like Elway. So when people bring up Tom Brady and, you know – um, it, the fact that he's coming up in the clutch is like Tom, but the way he plays is like a more athletic Elway who's already got the championship swagger at 25. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show. And Therese, you know when Mahomes has that, he made two guys fall on the ground yesterday from the Raiders. He's got this ability <laughs> when he, he runs. Did. No, he Yeah, so I'm talking to Derek Johnson this morning. He comes on with Fesco in the morning. I was filling in with Kling. And I asked mm -hmm. him, too, like, when's that moment when you're in coverage? You know, as a linebacker, and you break. The quarterback's moving, and you break. Because Mahomes, to me, they, it's just an added element to this offense because he's got this unique ability. It's almost like he's got a tracking device on his body that won't let him go past the first down marker. 
and he'll run right to it. And then if you break out of containment, he's going to hit it. That is such a weapon that he can pick it up at the first down. Guys are almost afraid to break containment. Abram did yesterday, and Mahomes made him pay to Kelsey. Yeah, I would I would say that, you know, Mahomes has, like, unreal football spatial awareness. Like, he, he just gets it. Like, he just has it, you know. And, like, he, like you said, he, he never goes over that line, but he can go right to it. He feels the pressure. He sees the pressure. He sees guys kind of kind of slip open on those second reaction plays. And, you know, you know honestly, Bing, we were talking about body language. Like, honestly, man, those are the plays that deflate the defenses, you know. Like, when you've called up the perfect defense and you've got good coverage, and I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the Raiders and how they played at some point, but like there were a few times they had some good coverages here. Like, you know, oh, the Las Vegas played really well in a lot of different areas, right? Um, you know, it, but it is deflating. It is deflating to know that you brought it against this guy and he still beat you like that. Like, that's the kind of thing that can make these alpha you know, football players even get down on themselves on the field. and In a game like football, to have a weapon like that is just so rare. I like what the Raiders have done drafting-wise, and you can see it kind of – Yeah, you can kind of see their playing with Arnett and Trayvon Mullen. Then they put uh, Max Crosby on the defensive line. They had Cleveland Farrell. Then they go and spice up the offense a little bit with that Henry Ruggs-type speed, even though he wasn't utilized last night very well. But – how far off are the Raiders from the Chiefs when you're watching these games? Because I'm I'm not sold on Derek Carr yet, Therese. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But how far away from the Chiefs are they? Um, Not as far away as I thought before this game. Um, I mean, the difference is always going to be the quarterbacks, right? So, like, if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you need to have, like, a quarterback. In, like, game, meaningful games, like, you kind of need to have a quarterback, at least in the same, like, stratosphere. But here's the thing. No matter how you feel about Carr, he played his butt off yesterday, man. Like, I know, like, some of this was the product of John using the A-plus plays against his good friend Andy, but some of it was just Derek Carr escaping trouble and making dime throws, and that's something that we hadn't seen from him. So, you know, at some point, you have to give the other guy his due. Um, you know, he's, he it seems like he's become more of a runner, more comfortable throwing on the run, creating a little bit off schedule. Um, you know, he made some throws like the Chiefs tried to blitz him and he, they blitzed him a decent amount in that game. And he, he, he would back up and make the right throw. And, you know, he generally doesn't put the ball, um, you know, under pressure anyway. So like my, 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 uh, uh this is a long winded answer, but Mahomes is always going to give the Chiefs an advantage. But if Carr plays like that, if they can improve their defense and they can continue to improve around them, like they'd have a chance. Like they'd really have like a chance because to beat the Chiefs, if your quarterback's not as good as their quarterback or in the same tier as your quarter, you need to have a hell of a team and get some breaks. So that that's what it would take. You know, great. Again, the odds aren't like amazing that that can happen, but the way Mayock has built this team, it's really good for John Gruden. And I'm going to tell you this, Bank, you know, I wasn't crazy about the Chiefs' inability to generate pressure last night. Like, that's a problem against that Raider team. They they got stuck on a lot of blocks last night, man. And that's one of the things that the Raiders will need to have going for them if they expect to get, like, to, to, to beat the Chiefs and win the division one day. So I'm just telling you, man, like, it, the Chiefs are the better team, but they can be beat if some of the things we saw last night continue on in the future. 
Here's the one thing too, Therese. This is this is what surprises me about this game. The first time they played the Raiders, there was five explosive plays of 40 yards or more. Right. They were going downfield. And the situation last night was he wasn't getting touched, but yet they didn't go downfield. It was almost like John Gruden outthought himself because if Carr's going to sit back there and you're not going to have the pressure on him, which there wasn't a lot of pressure last night, and the Chiefs came in seventh in the NFL in quarterback pressures. They have been getting there a little bit, but they didn't last night, but yet John Gruden still didn't go downfield. He played the same style they've been playing the last three weeks. You know, here's the thing. I'm okay with it, though, and here's why. Like, to beat the Chiefs, you still like you don't want to try to score with them. You need to control the football. You need to try to win, like, that part of it. You know, control the game. And, you know, I need to go back and, like, look at the coverage and, and, and stuff to find out if the Chiefs were trying to take the deep stuff away. But I, but I do think that, you know, if the offensive line was holding up fine, and they were, amidst blitzing, again, the Chiefs blitz far more – than the Raiders did last night, and they they can they hit that guy one time, you know. So if that's what's going to happen, and they still decide, and they're still able to like dink and dunk, the benefit to that is they're controlling the football and they're keeping Patrick Mahomes from getting the ball even more. Think about that. I mean, you're right; they didn't have those big explosive plays, but the Chiefs still won the time of possession battle. So like, if you're going up top a lot, maybe that switches more. They get more possessions, and the Chiefs are out sprinting anybody. You know, it attract me. Like you don't want to do that. So there, there's like, there's different like layers to it, just to me. And um, you know, again, I need to go back and look to see the coverages and stuff. But I thought, all in all, I, I actually really like the Raiders' offensive game plan. Like I thought, you know, if they can control the ball like that and be efficient and keep the ball away from Mahomes, they were right there in that game to win it. You know, um, they just needed one more defensive play, and it's hard to get it in that situation against fifteen. Well, the one thing about this game is it was ball control from the Chiefs. These long, mm-hmm. methodical drives. Uh, you mm-hmm. talk about the time of possession when the Chiefs favor. 36 first downs, tied a franchise record from mm-hmm. 2004. Raiders had 25. That's the third most in the history of Chiefs games. 61 <laughs> total first downs. I mean, that was a lot of first downs. And the Chiefs' longest play was 22-yard touchdown yeah. to Travis Kelsey. I mean, they were playing some some ball control uh, type of oh, football yeah. last night. Therese, we'll come back here uh, in just a second. Don't forget, people can text in 913-576. 7610 the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. If you have a question for Trez Paler, we always get to listener questions at the very end of the show. So hit that. Plus, somebody's back, Trez, and you kind of put the news out on Twitter. I want to see what kind of depth this will give the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Trez Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Also a Hall of Fame voter. Give him a follow at Therese Paler. Also does a fantastic podcast that uh, releases on Mondays with uh, Charles Robinson. Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. Some good stuff over there, including his first line over my dead body game from Kansas City. Right, Therese? That's right. It's specifically Mahomes, man. (laughs) I love it. Him and Kelsey, baby. They delivered. (laughs) And they did like the U.S. Mail, man. Ridiculous. (laughs) No, I'm serious, man. Some of these numbers are just mind-boggling, Therese. And, you know, I have fun sitting here on the postgame talking about some of these numbers, but it's getting to the point it's just ridiculous, to be honest with you. Last three games, Mahomes 1,137 yards, 
11 touchdowns. Kelsey, 26 for 395 and two touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he's only 16 yards behind DeAndre Hopkins for the NFL lead in receiving yards. And don't forget, he caught that Hail Mary or Travis Kelsey would be right up there. And 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 Tyree Kill, 24 for 318 and five touchdowns. It is ridiculous what kind of mad numbers these cats are putting up. Kelsey's numbers for a tight end are insane. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in some ways, like, you know, he lines up in a slot a healthy amount and he's basically an unstoppable slot receiver. Um, but again, he's 6'5, 260. So, you know, to be that big of a man and be this depth of a depth at playing receiver with the footwork and the feel and the ball skills and the just the mental battery he has with Mahomes is special too man it's cool to watch those two really uh go to work together like they're right up there you know with uh I I think we'll be looking back at that quarterback tight end battery just like we looked at like Kelsey and Gronk and you know any of the other ones you wanted to pull up it's the one when your guy's in trouble and coming back to the ball I I have the opportunity to talk to Mitch Holtus who comes in and does the Chiefs Kingdom show the voice of the Chiefs? And you know he's talking about his blocking. You know he went back on the film, and if you go back and watch it, when Anthony Sherman was out and he was asked to be kind of that H back role, like his blocking is even getting better and better and better. And that's you know one of those things he was asked to block a lot more without Anthony Sherman. And heck, he was even used on the slot machine right where Mahomes goes in motion and he does the underhanded toss. He's a multifaceted guy. What a great name for that play, by the way. It was so fun to watch. And here's the thing. One thing that's underrated about slot machine, right? It was an underhanded toss to a receiver. <laughs> it was like attached to the line of scrimmage. Like, why was it doing? Why is Byron Pringle attached to the line of scrimmage? Like, like, what are you supposed to do with that? You know? These calls uh, last night were crazy because you can hear everything without fans. The, the Raiders were calling off NBA names. It was like Pistol Pete, and they went James Harden, and they went Mamba. And every time they did, it was a run up the middle with Jacobs. <sighs> that's great. And that that's slow key be one of like the most underrated parts of this season. Like you can actually hear stuff now, yeah, and things that players are saying too. It's pretty great. And the Chiefs are getting famous from their skull. Before we talk about depth, Trez, something you had on on your Twitter account, I, I do want to ask you though. When, I want to I want to circle back to something about David Carr. When I or Derek Carr, when I said I didn't believe in him. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the being able to go outside. I, I do think it's a big stat, and I've been bringing it up. He hadn't won his last 10 games when it's under 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. He's owing his last like six it. when it's under 40. And, listen, it's great if, you, if you're doing things well and you're in the Allegiant Stadium or he was playing out on the West Coast and Oakland and all that before he moved to Vegas. That's great. But at some point, you got to go play in Pittsburgh. you got to go play mm-hmm. in Kansas City when it turns January, and it's mm-hmm. not exactly the tropics in these cities. That's fair. You know, I think that's a good point. That's something important to remember. I like the fact you brought that up. Um, you, when you say you don't believe in him, you mean it's like a Super Bowl quarterback then. Okay. Well, I, I do, um, but there's things, but I mean, he can do it. I mean, he goes out and wins a couple games in the cold, and all of a sudden I believe in him. Mm-hmm. But it's like Gannon, you know, and this ability. And then Mahomes, when he was mm-hmm. put within the snow at Arrowhead Stadium, he got it done. Like the great ones don't get affected by conditions. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. You know, I just – um, you know, where here's where I'm at with Carr. Like I've kind of doubted him for a long time to be more than he is. And after the way he showed the ability to create last night, I won't put it out of the realm of possibility that he could like win some cold games. Cause like, I think making the jump from game manager to 
to like playmaker is harder than just like being able to focus for three hours in the cold, right? So that's just kind of where I'm at on it. But I, but I do think it's an additional barrier, an additional question he has to answer, just like you do. And you're, I agree with you. I think maybe he will, maybe he can, right? But um, I, all I know is like in general, I certainly have a higher opinion of him as a quarterback, um, you know, 12 weeks into this season than I did before the season. I'm impressed with how much he's gotten better. I think sometimes there's a situation where you, where you look into what uh, – it's about confidence. It, it has confidence, and that's a big thing of a quarterback. I want you to hear this just for a second, Therese. I'm just gonna, it's a real short time, but it was after the game. He, he was asked about leading too much time for Mahomes. Anytime you got you know these professional quarterbacks, man, I, hopefully me included, whenever you give us time. See, he added that to it. He goes, anytime you have these professional quarterbacks – Hopefully, me included. It's like there's always seems to be this like confidence gap with him. You know what I'm saying? Where they mm-hmm. like his brother in NFL Network and Derek always trying to like prove something, right? And he added that in. He, he was talking about Mahomes leaving too much time, and he's like, "Well, with all great quarterbacks, and well, you know, hopefully, me included." I just it's that stuff right there that kind of gets at me. Yeah, I get you. It just but like the reason it gets at you is because like you know you've watched a lot of football and like I think on a fundamental level you have some doubts about how like how good he is, right? Like how like where he is in that pantheon, right? Because yep. like I feel like if Mahomes said that, he would be like, oh yeah, he's just being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd also, I'd also, seen it. I'd also worry you know? about the Raiders a little bit more if Justin Herbert was there. <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you, listen, I would. Listen, Herbert is pretty good, and I totally understand why you'd say that. You know, I, yeah. I totally get it because that guy. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm the guy that wrote earlier this year. You know, that I need to think about taking a quarterback. You know, like that. I feel like that's the easiest way to like get in this conversation with the Chiefs is if your quarterback can like be in. He won't, he won't be as good as Mahomes, but if you can get a tier two guy or a low tier one guy, you know, like you can win, you can beat him, you know, but, um, you know, we'll see more from Carr. I think, you know what I want to see from him now? Like come back, you know, this next week, you guys got the easiest schedule in football going forward, like win out or go close to it. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't, don't just, um, don't, don't, I hope they haven't used all of their ammo in this game. Like, finish the season strong. Prove you really yeah. are good, you know? And That's I'll, what they got to do. You know, point this out, too. They were 6-4 and four last year. Mm-hmm. And then they lost 5-6. Yeah. and six. You know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do something. You know, the same place finish you were last it. year. Let's, let's finish it off. By the way, on, on, on Twitter, uh, Therese, uh, the other day you talked about the Chiefs expected to sign Stefan Wisniewski to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I, this was a guy that I enjoyed. He became the highest. <laughs> no, I did. I liked him. He was the highest graded interior lineman last year. Started the Super Bowl. I thought the line got better with him, but I'm not expecting him to come right in and take a job. But you know, he had that. He had that issue. I don't know what his health situation is like now. That's why he's not in Pittsburgh. But this is a good move by Kansas City. I like Wisniewski. Yeah, it is. And my expectation is that by the end of the year he'll be up. Right. Okay. He's just like Baker. He's trying to. You know. I think he's going to work his way back into the mix and he'll be up by the end of the year. But I was laughing because, like, I know you like Wisniewski because I like Wisniewski and our football <laughs> sensibilities are very similar. He's a nasty guy. Yeah. You know? That guy blocked hard, man. He had a little extra edge to him. He and did. I liked it. You know, and I, I like I like that guy. Like, I'm glad he's back. I like watching edgy, chippy football players. And He was good for them last year. You're right. The line got better with him. No, it really did. I mean, he's one of those guys that uh... – I tell you, I enjoyed watching him play, and I like KO too. That's uh, I like lineman's little personality. I like some of the stuff Allegretti does too. You know, I like that little extra, a little extra punch. 
uh, that right. players get. But we're talking to uh, Therese Paler. This is the Therese Paler Show here at every Wednesday, or excuse me, Monday night, right here at 7 o'clock. Getting ahead of myself, Therese. Already starting to think Thanksgiving <laughs> here. Man, I smell a turkey already. Maybe he's a senior writer at Yahoo. Hey, coming Join up, the club, man. Yeah, Join <laughs> the club. <laughs> coming up next, though, I want to talk about who the contenders and pretenders are and talk about something you wrote in Yahoo last night. We'll do that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Therese, senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. That's got to be a little fun, Therese. <laughs> I'd be using that. It is if you love football. I'd be using yeah. that at the bar, you know, with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I said I'm a I'm a Hall of Fame voter. Of course, I wouldn't be a voter very long because they probably don't like they probably frown on that kind of activity. <laughs> I don't I don't think that it will work too well with the ladies. <laughs> Men are much more impressed by that, that than ladies. <laughs> they don't think you'd be impressed. They're like, what What's the Hall of Fame? I don't think like, uh, oh, I don't think I'm gonna nice. use, I don't think I'm gonna use that one, Therese. But I don't know. It would be cool though. I'd get some kind of card or put some on my wall and say I'm a Hall of Fame voter. You know what I mean? I saying, uh, so you walk well, in I mean, my door, you would know I'm a Hall of Fame voter. But that's, <laughs> that's just me. You be you, Therese. All right, let's look at the, let's look at what's going on because we had we had something that's never happened before in the NFL. Nine teams entered Week Ten with six wins or more. That's never happened mm-hmm. in the AFC, NFC, in the history of football. Through Week Ten, to have nine teams with six wins. And now's when we start seeing the separation. As I mentioned, the Raiders were six and four last year. They lost five of the last six. The pretenders separate themselves from the contenders. What's going on? Let's start with Baltimore. What's going on with with Baltimore? Because I always look at that team as a real threat. I respect Baltimore, but that's starting to fade a little bit. Yeah, they are. And uh, I'm really concerned with uh, some of the body language I saw from them yesterday. Um, you know, Marcus Peters yelling at the sideline late in the game. Um, and then offensively, you know, the, the the Ravens are built to be a bully bank. We know that. Like, they're trying to line up and out-physical you. And then this team, come the, the Titans come into their home, hop on their midfield crest, mm. That's a, which, is, which is disrespectful. I mean, it, it just is. And they come in there and they let those guys beat them up. Like, that's not who Baltimore is. I thought Vrabel's going to body slam Harbaugh, Therese. I mean, I don't, I mean, you he, know? Harbaugh's nose to nose with Malcolm Butler. Know, and then here comes Vrabel. You don't know what Vrabel ever is capable of doing. <laughs> I know. It, it, <laughs> I know. know. It, like, it, it, was, uh, it was really weird to see Baltimore kind of get punked in their own home, you know. Um, and the the reason why is because like every good football team generally starts up front. They can't run the ball like they used to. Like the Greg Roman's offense works with a great offensive line or a good one. They don't just miss Ronnie Stanley. They miss Marshall Yonda. Mm-hmm. And they drafted a couple guys I kind of like, including Bredesen from Michigan, but he's not ready yet. You know, like they, the, the line's got to get better. You know, if, if for this offense to work, they got to be more physical. And that helps the defense too, right? It, it's all interconnected. And they're not a bad team, and they'll probably still make the playoffs. But there, there is a potential for them to maybe start floundering here because they, they got to face the Steelers. If they lose that game, there's going to be a real gut check game in a couple weeks here that they better win. It turns they're going to be going into it without Ingram and uh, in Dobbins. Mm, they're they're not know. close con. They, they tested for COVID, right? So they're not close contact. That's they're out. I know. 
And this is, I mean, so this is the kind of game where you need your MVP quarterback to do even more. Like he's kind of got to lift them. And it's just hard because the way the offense is designed, like you still need like a great all or good offensive line. And they're just not getting it. Like the offensive line hasn't been good enough. But, you know, Mahomes, <laughs> Lamar's about to get, you know, uh, an extension at some point here. And like this is the kind of game it would be nice to see him like do it single handedly. Because I do feel like we've had games where we've seen like Mahomes do it single handedly or close to it, right? Um, you know, Lamar needs one of those games. And this is this would be a great time to do it. People have stopped talking about how floundering they are if they can in the Steelers ten game winning sure. streak here. He does it with Gus. I, I can't believe the Steelers never started off eight and zero. They're ten and zero, but they never even what the, in the history of this franchise. That's unbelievable. It matched when they were seven and zero. They matched the nineteen seventy eight team, and I was like, whoa! I mean, this team and this is not their best team they've ever had. But regardless, that's their record. All right, Therese. So Kansas City and Pittsburgh. I, I don't know where you think, but I mean, the consensus that's the top two teams in the AFC now. Having said that, who would you say is the third best team? Because beforehand, it was all the Ravens. It was Ravens, Chiefs, and Pittsburgh. But now we have 7-3 Tennessee. It's kind of been up and down. We have the Colts starting to make a little noise, you know, beating the Packers and beating some good teams. They don't do it. They don't make it look pretty, but they get it done. And then you get the Buffalo Bills, too, that, of course, would be 8-2 if it wasn't for Hail Mary by Kyler Murray. Who's the third best team in the AFC? Yeah, I, I, I like I like the Bills, I do, um, but but they're right there, you know, with the Titans, right? I don't I don't really believe in the Colts. Their defense is really good, but just terrified of the Philip Rivers three interception game, like in the playoffs, <laughs> like so. I it would be between the Titans and the the Bills. Like the Bills have the creative quarterback who does have a knack for goofy turnovers, but also has more of a playmaking ability at this point in his career than. Philip Rivers does at this point in career. So I like Buffalo. I think they're well coached and they're building toward this moment. And then the Titans, like the Titans can beat you too. My issue with the Titans is that I I just I'm not crazy about the pass rush and I just think that gets you beat at some point in January. Which one of these teams do you think uh gets hurt the most by not having fans at the game? Like the Steelers, the Bills, the Ravens. Which one of these teams do you think is actually affected by that? Hmm. Hmm. Like the best time haven't field been advantage. to Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, haven't been to Buffalo. That is a great place to watch a football game. Get like, wings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll need to do that one day. Anchor bar. Like, <laughs> Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> Buffalo is an awesome place to watch football. Right. Like those fans are very welcoming. Like in the parking lot, they have a good time. And plus, like if you care like about football history, you know, like some good football has been played on that field. Like it's one of the last stadiums where like, if you're our age and you like grew up kind of like watching, you know, football, like, like that's one of like the last stadiums still kind of around. So like when you're there, you're thinking about Bruce Smith and Jim Kelly and all that, you know? Um, and then those fans are awesome. It's just an old school environment, college style a little bit, kind of like Kansas City. Um, I actually think that is a great football, um, you know, weekend trip one day. Like if, yeah. if, if you want, like that's one of my five favorite places to go, um, you know, football wise. And I feel like if you love the game of NFL pro football, you do need to see a game in Buffalo. Well, I'll tell you this much. There's a bar up north, Trez, and I'll take you there sometime. The guys from Buffalo, New York, the Buffalo mm -hmm. News is written about all the Buffalo Bills fans go there when they're in town. The whole Bills Mafia mm -hmm. goes there, and they have a big mural of the Buffalo Bills. It's up north of the river, and there's the, some of the best wings you've ever had in this city. I'll, I'll take you there. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. to do that one yeah, day. Yeah. And also, uh, on uh, it was interesting this weekend, Taysom Hill 
was a big story. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of thinking. You and I kind of talked about Jameis, you know, maybe getting his chance last weekend. Taysom Hill got his shot, and uh, then we had uh, Sean Payton trolling, which is cool to have NFL head coaches on Twitter, kind of <laughs> trolling Roddy White at the end of the game. But you had an article about uh, Taysom Hill, and uh, you believe in him? Do you think that's the next guy, or do you think that uh, he needs to prove it uh, a lot more? Two things we still need to see from him. Um, the ability to bring his team back late and the ability to throw even when the defense knows he's going to throw, which is basically either when his team is down big or down late, right? But because I thought, you know, otherwise, like, he looked really good. You know, Sean Payton's been saying he's like Steve Young, and they're both 30 when they've taken over. So um, he could run. He's a good athlete. He's strong, like a really strong guy for his size um, as a runner. But he ran the Sean Payton offense. He didn't run the Taysom Hill offense, the gimmick stuff we'd been seeing. Like, he ran the Sean Payton offense. So he looked pretty good through a rhythm. And he also gave them one element that Drew Brees doesn't. You know what that is? That's the deep ball. The deep ball, He connected on a couple. And Drew Brees has basically stopped throwing deep. I think we know why now. Like, he's got the the rib injuries or whatever. Like, yeah, like 11 broken ribs or something. Like, yeah, I'd be getting the ball out quick too. But, um, no, he he, Brees hasn't been throwing deep, but Hill has tried. And that's a big deal. And that can help open up that offense even more. So, um, he, he, he aced his first test. The next one is, like, doing it when his team is down later, when his team is down big. Because if he can't be as efficient in those situations, too, I don't think Sean Payton's done looking for his next quarterback. Well, here, here's the important question, Therese. Do you think the locker room is sold? Because the quarterback's got to win the locker room. And you know how these work. Sometimes people like the other quarterback, like they did Gerback and Gannon. There's, do you think Taysom Hill has that whole locker room, or do you think there's some Jameis guys? Um... I think those guys are down to do whatever is necessary to win. So, um, you know, listen, Breeze had his own little flap at the locker room this offseason, right? Yeah. (laughs) With all the social jump stories. So I think, you know, they're open to be led by different guys. Um, You know, uh, I I don't know how Jameis is performing in practice. You know, my first instinct to say is if he was killing it, you know, he would have gotten the shot. But one thing we do know, I thought it was very interesting before the game. Sean Payton made it clear that, you know, he said this interview with Di- in this interview with Diana Rossini, he was like, you know, we're going to need both of them. I'm glad we got both of them, which to me means, okay, if uh, Taysom Hill falters, Jameis can be right in there very quickly. So we'll see. You know, I, I, look, Jameis, Jameis has a lot of talent, okay? And Sean Payton faced that guy twice a year for the last six years, five years, okay? So – if he signed him in, that means he knows he can work with him and he can play. So yeah. I think the key here is that Taysom Hill needs to keep it up. If Taysom Hill wants to really win people over, he'll eat a W. Yeah. <laughs> right there you think the that'll do it? Yeah, just the end of the game, just eating that W. That's what I'm talking about uh, right there. Funny. 913-576-7610 is the text line. Get those texts rolling in for Trez Paler. But it's the last segment of the show, and we go around the NFL next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. As you heard there, Therese Paler will be on with the drive tomorrow at 3.30. Mike Evans just got an incredible touchdown, Therese. Uh, just at max effort to tie this game up with the Rams. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, Mike Evans, the guy that single-handedly gave Dave Beatty a job at uh, Kansas because he was so good at A&M. Big Mike Evans. I love watching him play, and it's uh, I, I've enjoyed watching him start like building chemistry with Tom Brady. Like I, 
Look, I still like the Bucks. They really angered me a couple weeks ago <laughs> with, their, with their complete no-show uh, against the Saints. But, you know, if they can get it together, that's still a dangerous team. And the Chiefs, will, turns here. Chiefs will see him this weekend. All right, Trez, let's go mm-hmm. around the NFL. Joe Burrow injury, first overall pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, became the uh, was on pace to become the first rookie in league history to have six 300-yard passing games in his first 10 games. Hated to see this with Joe Burrow. Yeah, it actually makes me pretty angry because, you know, if you've been listening to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, you know, uh, Charles and I have been railing against that atrocious offensive line they put in front of him for the last 10 weeks. Yep. And you could kind of see him change his playing style a little bit and like get down before he starts getting because he's been hit so much um we've seen enough quarterbacks get ruined by too many hits to be mad at that because that's the quickest way to ruin a young quarterback and they did a poor job they did a poor job um surrounding him with talent up front he has enough skill players like the running back's a good player but their complete inability to block consistently and prevent the punishment was organizational malpractice, and now they're gonna have to pay the price. And I feel bad for the player, who's awesome, and the fans that understand what happened, that their organization blew it. Looks like a tore ACL and MCL. Uh, gonna have to go reconstructive surgery, rehab, uh, 2021. All right, speaking of Joe Burrow, you had your choice and you're building the franchise, Therese. Who are you taking, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? A healthy Joe Burrow. I take a healthy Joe Burrow. Okay. I love Burrow. I think he's got, you know, uh, a lot of moxie, creativity. Um, he just understands how to play the position. He's got a genesis quad bottom. Players play for him. Um, you know, I, he's just a winner, um, and he's a really good quarterback who can create. I, I take Burrow, but, I, but it is close. Herbert's awesome. Like, I don't know if Herbert has the rallying of men thing the same way Burrow does, but he's close, and you can't go wrong with either Therese, one thing we saw is Tua, and people were wondering what happened. Was it an injury to the ankle? Was he getting hit too many times? Or did Brian Flores make the switch? This was Coach Flores after the game. He played against a good defensive group. They did a good job. I think they ended up with five or six sacks. They pressured us, played a good job in the back end from a coverage standpoint, and we just struggled getting it going. And when that's going on throughout the course of the game, we're going to try to do something to, to, to create some momentum. That's why we made the switch. And, but, yeah, I think he's, he's healthy. Is it okay to do that, Therese, or do you stick when you make the switch? I think it's okay. You know, he's a guy that, just frankly, I wouldn't have played this early just because I'm worried about the hip. <laughs> but Brian Flores clearly knows a whole lot more about football than me, and I like the fact that when his kid is taking a beating, like he's willing to take him out. And that's what that was. He was getting hit a lot. And at some point, you still have to protect the player, and I get it. And I also think it was, you know, Tua's been getting a lot of love from people, man, you know. And this was also a little little reality strike that, hey, you know, you still have to play well here, kid, you know. <laughs> so I think he'll be fine. I do think he'll be the starter again. It, it, it's okay. You know, it, it's okay. I, I think Tua's a special dude, man. I, do. I think he'll handle it just fine. All right, Therese, we saw – all right, let's take a minute for the XFL here. Let's take a minute here for P.J. Walker. People (laughs) laughed at the XFL. He goes out there and balls out. P.J. Walker Mm. for the Panthers. Can I I take a minute to actually rip on my Detroit Lions? Is that possible? (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm going to need the Lions, okay, not to face 
in Matt Patricia, who's in his third year at the helm of his quote-unquote rebuild, which was completely unnecessary in the first place since Jim Caldwell got fired after a winning season, but I digress. I'm going to need him not to go to Carolina and get outcoached thoroughly by a first-year coach in Matt Rule, who's just getting his program going. That was that game was an indictment on Matt Patricia, and if he ends up getting fired, that game would be a big reason why. Uh, it was an embarrassing loss, and um, you know I I hope that they play better on Thanksgiving. Well, between that and Michigan, <laughs> Tres, things will get better, my friend. Things will get better as we talked to Michigan like, last wow. week. All right, Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Now I'm I'm a little bit mad at the Minnesota Vikings. That was my survivor pick. You know what? They had won. Uh, they had won three straight. The Cowboys had, had lost four straight. I thought the Vikings would beat the Cowboys, especially with that run defense. But Mike McCarthy and I didn't know this. He brought a sledgehammer with him, and he liked flying charters so he could bring his sledgehammer. And he was smashing watermelons, and some of the players wanted to go up and smash them as well. A gimmick, or does smashing things with the sledgehammer work for Mike McCarthy? I mean, listen. If it worked for Coach Gallagher, it can work. Okay, like. <laughs> He's Gallagher. He put the Gallagher routine. I can't believe that worked. I think, you know, I guess it works. You know, it, it, I'm mad at the Vikings. If you if you had a chance to go 5-5, five and five, and, you know, they could have been 6-5 and five with the next opponent. I can't remember who it is, but it's someone they would have oh. beaten or should have beaten. You know, you got to win that game and it's a down Dallas team, Ugh. you know, and they failed to do it. So I'm mad at the Vikings too. Yeah. And I guess I guess McCarthy needs to keep bringing the sledge on it. Which games are you looking more forward to this week, including Thanksgiving? Ravens, Steelers, Titans, Colts, maybe a little Chiefs and Bucks, a little AFC versus oh, NFC yeah. Powers. Which one of these? Oh, yeah. Ravens. Uh, listen, all three of those are great. Chiefs, Bucks is going to be pretty instructional, right? Um, also, wouldn't be surprised. Like, the Chiefs, I feel like sometimes they'll have a loss against the other conference um, at this point in the season because they don't put. They focus more on beating their um, AFC opponents, but the thing is, they got to keep up with the Steelers, you know. So that's an important game. Um, in this Steelers game against the Ravens, I'll be able to bury the Ravens if they no show this game. Consequently, if the Steelers win again, you know, it's gonna be hard for these guys not to get the number one seed and with uh, only one team getting the top seed this year. That's kind of a big deal, right? So um, I can't wait for both those games for sure. Well, Torres, it is Thanksgiving week. You're sitting there writing a nice Yahoo piece on the Ravens Steelers game. What what's the perfect meal for a Therese Paler on Thanksgiving? I like a little bit of everything. I like a little ham, I like a little turkey with gravy, I like stuffing, macaroni and cheese, you know, um, little sweet potatoes, right? Love that. Gotta get some greens in there. Get a little green beans. Um, I think I said stuffing already. And you know, I even <laughs> like the I even like the cranberry sauce, man. So um, but but and then a little pie, but like pumpkin pie. But you know, I think I'm great. I'm just grateful for like what I have, and I think we all sure. should be. It's been a very sure. trying year, sure. and I, I appreciate everybody listening too. And I hope you guys do have a great Thanksgiving, including you, Bank. Yeah, well you, said. You too, Nick. Well said, Therese. And I'll tell you this much with your mac and cheese, because that's what we do mm-hmm. too. Buffalo yes. hot sauce on that mac and cheese. I'm not oh, kidding. Man. Throw a little oh, bacon yeah. on top of it. You 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 won't regret <sighs> this. Fire. No, it, bro. Yeah, we're on the same page. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Therese. That's what I'm talking about. And last but not least, a listener question here. Is Tampa Bay, can we finally say they're the best team in the NFC? 
No, I'm I'm kind of sour on them after the complete no show against the Saints. Right. I'm 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 sour on them. They got a chance to kind of get back in my good graces with a solid performance here against the Chiefs. But until then, I'm gonna go with the Saints. Gonna go with the Saints. Trez, this has been a fun show. I look forward to doing it again next Monday. Of course, you can follow Trez on Twitter at Trez Paler. Read his stuff at Yahoo. It's fantastic. And some of the breakdowns he does, too, with some of his videos. And, of course, the podcast, Charles Robinson, is must-listen-to stuff. Thanks a lot, Trez. Hey, appreciate you again, man. Great show. Appreciate everyone listening, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll put this podcast out later. Enjoy. Great job, Nick Price. Enjoy this red reaction with the dirty werewolf himself. Oh, and Nick Price. That's coming your way next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.